0: Is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest is Anne-Louise Skittleman. She's a multi-award-winning New York Times bestselling author of 30 books on weight loss, diet and detox, including women's health, men's health, perimenopause, menopause, beauty in the environment. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of things, but one of the important ones is uh, she has a new book that just came out, Radical Metabolism, a powerful new plan to blast fat and reignite your energy in just 21 days. That's a new book that just came out that listeners may want to check out. So, uh, Anne, how are you doing today?
1: Pretty good, Rich. And you? Uh,
0: my voice is a little hoarse, which is ironic for a podcaster, but I'm doing okay. So I guess you'll be talking <laughs> more than me, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out, you know?
1: <laughs> okay, dog. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know, I, I've noticed that anyone that writes in the health world and is a big advocate of health always has, like, their own personal story that got them into it. So if you don't mind, can you tell listeners, like, what led you to Think about health and write so many books about it and make it a big focus of your life.
1: You know, Rich, that's a great question. And I think the easy answer is that I had very sensitive skin. And as a teenager and as an early adult, my skin would break out at the least provocation. I could look at chocolate and look at sugar and look at too much fruit, and my skin would break out immediately. So I learned early on that what I put in my body would show on the outside of my, of my body as well. And so I concerned about what I ate for good skin and that of course started expanding into what I ate for my weight, what I ate for the health of my thyroid, my adrenals, my uh GI tract and I think that was really the beginning of my of my long career. I've written about over 35 books and it all began with sensitive skin.
0: Huh. Okay. And what's it what's your uh evolution look like you know, over time when you first started changing what you ate and how you, you know, you ran around um I bet it's probably different than now, you know, because you've been involved in this for so many years. So how has your understanding of nutrition and health evolved over the past, you know, 30 plus years?
1: Well, when I think about it, I was always on the right track when it came to sugar. And I recognized early on that even too much fructose or fruit sugar was detrimental, especially to my skin and an inflammatory response. And, of course, a lot of that has been proven out. Uh, lately in terms of the connection with uh, high fructose corn syrup and even too much fructose in terms of overall health, as well as the health of your liver and your pancreas and the uh, proliferation of cancer. So I, I think I was on the right track and even didn't know it early on. And I'd say what really changed was the whole concept of fat, fat being a fattening agent in the diet because we all got so fat on low fat. I was also the director of nutrition at the Pritikin Longevity Center, which was way back in the early 80s. And Pritikin was the harbinger of the not low fat high-complex-carbohydrate diet. And I was hired from my home state of Connecticut to come to the great state of California to teach everybody the horrors of fat, how, how demonized we need to make fat. And I learned early on that it really wasn't fat that was the problem. It was the right kind of fat. And I learned, again, that sugar was the real was the real evildoer when it came to the standard American uh, modality. So I'd say not too much really has shifted other than my whole perception of fat, the essential fatty acids, the omega-3s, the 6s, the 9s, and the 7s, and fat is now where it's at, Rich. And we can see that with the high keto diets, with the popularity of the vegan diets that are plant-based with the plant-based oils as well as paleo. So radical metabolism has really taken a page from all of those very popular diets and has just made the tweaks that is important for people to understand that when they're taking a high-fat diet, they have to be able to digest their fats or the fat goes nowhere. And so you have to be able to break it down. You have to understand that the secretion of bile is important. Bile is a very important digestive fluid for all the fats you're taking in. And without sufficient bile, you're not flushing toxins, nor are you revving your thyroid. So I discovered a very interesting connection between the gallbladder, believe it or not, or lack thereof, and thyroid and metabolism.
0: Oh, can you yeah? Can you say more about that? Because, uh, for instance, like you know, my wife had her gallbladder taken out. A number of years ago. So, you know, she has tough with meals that have more fat in them. So she takes enzymes now with every meal. But uh, yeah, I want to hear about this connection. What do you have to say about it?
1: Yeah, well, this is one of the premises of the book, that the the gallbladder is not a throwaway organ. I wish I had met your wife early on so we didn't have to take out her gallbladder. In most cases, that can be prevented if if you figure out the underlying problems early on, whether it's not enough of the right kind of bile, whether the bile is becoming congested, whether you've got too much oxalate in the system, whether you're lacking hydrochloric acid. But what I basically discovered for this book, which I think is important for your wife, is that there are a number of Harvard medical researchers who found that individuals who improve their their gallbladder health, they experienced a 53% increase in metabolism. And that's quite a huge jump. So that means the difference between constantly dieting without seeing any kind of results and watching pounds effortlessly fall off from your frame. I then went on to find that there was other information, there was other research, particularly that from Finland, which found that people with reduced bile flow, like people that don't have a gallbladder, are seven times more likely to suffer from hypothyroidism. So we then learned that dietary fats supply the body with the raw materials that are actively needed to produce the real thyroid hormones. So this is a connection that most people have not made, and I just shudder to think of all the high-fat diets that are out there with people being unable to digest all of that fat successfully.
0: So what it, what do you do for instance if uh you've had your gallbladder taken out you know what can you do to improve your uh, biohealth health? Well what you bio? do is
1: you take you you take a gallbladder supports just, just the way you do if you don't have your thyroid, you take some sort of support, a glandular support. You can take herbal right. supports in terms of bitters. So the, it's not just the enzymes that are important in terms of the HCL or the pancreatic enzymes. It's important to take bile. So I'm always suggesting that you use bile salts or you use some sort of herbal bitter that is a substitute for the bile salts, which comes from an animal product. There are also foods in the book that you can use to really thin the bile So that every time that you're taking a meal in that contains fat, you're not only digesting it, you're utilizing it for the essential fatty acids that you need for the vitamins A, D, E, and K. So there's a whole line of uncomfortable side effects that happen when some people have their their gallbladders out. A lot of people can't lose weight after a while. They get dizzy. They get very bloated. They've got radiating leg pain, even insomnia. You'd be surprised at the seemingly disconnected symptoms that go hand in hand with problems when people have their gallbladders taken out.
0: So you're saying um, you actually can take bile in the uh, pill form or some other form to replace bile that you're not producing?
1: You can. It's the bile salts. I talk about it in the book. Bile I give salt. you a formula that's really helpful. Yes, you can get it at the health food store. It's bile salts, ox bile which is easily found in the health food stores. And it's a concept that was very popular in the turn of the century where we found that many of the Early on, pioneers would talk about the importance of bile. You don't hear about it anymore, but I'm hopeful that people will now find bile very sexy and, and very current mm. because there's so many high-fat diets where people are not digesting their fats properly.
0: Okay. Another thing I saw in, in one of your publications, that talked about, you know, it said, hey, are you tired all the time? And um, it seems like I've run into a number of women that say that, you know, they're just tired every day. All day, and they don't know why, and they don't think it's fibromyalgia. Any experience in that realm with women's health and and being tired all the time? What what's the cause? Uh, of?
1: Oh, yeah, because sluggish bile could be slowing the thyroid. What we found is that the sub optimal bile flow. And low thyroid, which creates the fatigue, go hand in hand. So this is where the importance of digesting your fats come into play. This is where the importance of supporting your thyroid comes into play. Not having a lot of food that's high in fluoride, for example, which I touch upon in the book, which is very highly concentrated in green tea, white tea, and black tea, as well as kombucha. So I take people off of all of these so-called healthy products, and voila, their energy returns almost overnight.
0: Uh, Any other reasons? Uh, You know, what if someone has a gallbladder, and they, you know, I guess they seem to be okay, but they're just tired all the time. Any other main drivers of it that you've seen?
1: Well, you've got issues with some of the important minerals or the chemicals that are out there that can supplant uh, iodine in the thyroid. So whether that's fluoride or whether that's bromide or whether that's chlorine, you've got to check your water, check your toothpaste, check the kind of beverages that you're drinking, there are issues in that regard. Some people have parasites, which is another issue that we lightly cover in the book that could be draining their energy. Or they're on adrenal overload, which could be sapping the thyroid. So there are lots of underlying causes. You have to get to the root cause because something is not going correctly. Or, and this is going to be a real hot spot because I know that your listening audience is very tech savvy. You're so involved with your cell phone and high tech that you're being zapped because of all the EMS that are surrounding you morning, noon, and night, which affects cortisol levels in your system.
0: Oh, how how have you seen that it affects cortisol?
1: Because it can affect the highs and the lows of of cortisol. It also can break down DNA. So we have a lot of people that have smart meters that can't sleep and are very tired, have loads of headaches. So we tell them to get some sort of smart meter guard wherever that smart meter is placed. We tell people to shut the electricity off at night. We also tell people to stop wearing any kind of electromagnetic device that could be affecting the way that their heart and their brain are functioning. So all of that is like subtle electricity electromagnetic pollution or what we call electropollution. So yes, it affects your adrenals and that's where the ups and downs of the cortisol come into play until you go into stage 2 or stage 3 adrenal burnout. So that's a big issue which nobody has talked about. It's kind of like the pink elephant dancing in the middle of the room. Yeah,
0: I I also run into um, a lot of people that seem to be just stressed all the time, you know, and I know they're trying meditation and other things to reduce their stress and I'm sure it's affecting their cortisol levels, but what do, you, uh, what do you say to you know, people that just, they feel stressed all the time, uh, any recommendations on how to make themselves feel better with diet or changing their environment?
1: Well, first, they have to have enough protein in the morning, Rich. So I think protein is very important. We need at least 100 grams of protein, especially with adults over the age of 50, I would suggest. So that's important, at least an hour after you get up in the morning, number one. Number two, there are two very important nutrients. One of them is magnesium at 5 milligrams per pound of body weight. And the other is an old-fashioned vitamin, which is a B vitamin called panathenic acid, which is the stress vitamin. Most people are highly deficient, so I would be taking anywhere from one to two grams of the panathenic acid. So these are things that can easily be dealt with with food, with sleep, with meditation, with lifestyle. We all know the drill, but we're not doing it.
0: Mm, It's true. Yeah, it's funny, you know, I'm not, well, I don't want to say I'm not that old. I am what I am. I'm 43, and I remember um, growing up, you know, in the 80s, and uh, they would be like a token fat kid, you know, but it was rare. And now, you know, I look around, and, you know, myself included, like, so many people are overweight. What do you think has changed, you know, over the past 30-some-odd years where, you know, so little of the population was overweight, and now so much more is?
1: Well, I grew up in the 60s, so I see it even more uh, dramatically than you do. Uh, I think a lot of it is eating the wrong foods, not eating the right kinds of fats, the essential fatty acids, the hemp seed oil that I write about in Radical Metabolism. I see a deficiency of the right kind of minerals in the diet. I see too much uh, sugar, too many uh, simple sugars and too much fruit where people don't realize that fruit is sugar is sugar is sugar. So the point is that I think that what we think may be natural may not be good for our metabolism as we get older. And the metabolism seems to slow down because of all these elements that we talked about, the electropollution, the lack of proper mineralization in the soil and all the stress that people are just putting on themselves by just juggling their home, family and career. So I think there's a multitude of reasons, but it's the sugar, the carbohydrates and the lack of the right kind of fats that I think are the real drivers.
0: Yeah, it's amazing the change, you know, like you said you grew up in the 60s when you looked around back then, I would guess you know very few people were overweight and now you look around, I mean it's unbelievable the change to me and you know I think what's changed, you know, people are the same, we haven't our genes haven't changed seemingly or anything in this short period of time. So it's it's got to be the food. It's not like uh, people are not exercising and they used to exercise like crazy. So the only thing left to point at is really is the food.
1: Well, it's the food and it's, you know, and I and I travel a great deal, Rich, and I'm in the airports and people used to do a lot of walking up and down, you know, the terminals, especially if they're waiting for a plane or a change in plane and so forth. I see everybody that's just glued to their phone. So I think it's a lack of exercise and I truly think it's a lack of movement as well.
0: Okay. So what, um what issues, you know, I pointed out issues I see around, but I, I really should have asked you, like, what issues do you see are the big ones that are? haunting or troubling people nowadays,
1: how close? Uh, fatigue is a big one, as we spoke about, and that's where the adrenals come into play, the lack of the right vitamins. That's where the uh, panathenic acid that I mentioned is so important. That's where magnesium, perhaps, is important to kind of de-stress. People are not sleeping the way they should, maybe because of the smart meters and all the EMS that could be in their bedrooms at night. So we've got issues like that. We also have issues with people that I think are very intolerant to certain foods in the diet because of all the glyphosate that's being used in the grain. So you have people that are not getting enough fiber in their diets because of their sensitivities to wheat and other grains, like like brown rice, for example. I never used to see that years ago, but I think the glyphosate has an awful lot to do with this.
0: The glyphosate is that uh, part of Monsanto's Roundup weed killer? Or where does glyphosate that's, come that's, from?
1: Exact, that's exactly what it is. Yes, indeed. And we're seeing so many people, we can now test for it, Rich, and I'm seeing so many people that have real sensitivities. And so then that, that makes them not being able to eat a lot of these foods in which the, the uh, glyphosate or the Roundup is used so prolifically. So then they're not eating the fiber that they need, which is so important to get things moving, literally and figuratively. So I think there's just a com- com- compendium of factors. But it's really the environment. This is not our mother's environment or our grandmother's world anymore. It's it's much more challenging. So you have to really understand that the maintenance is a little bit higher and you have to go out of your way to eat properly, supplement, sleep, meditate, do whatever it takes to get your body to be an invincible fortress. So
0: if someone's not feeling good, you know, either they're tired or they're brain fog or they're overweight, you know, any, whatever, they're just not feeling good. They're not feeling or looking as they want to, what steps, how do they know what steps to take and in what order, you know, what's like a general recommendation and how they figure out what's going on and how to fix it.
1: Well, they have to be able to read their own blood tests and they have to understand that normal levels are far from normal in this day and age. So we have to look at a CBC, see where their white blood count is, if it's really lower than five. Most of the times there could be some sort of retrovirus or other kind of virus impacting their immune system. That would be number one. Number two, if they have high eosinophils, they may have a parasitic infestation. That would be number two. Number three, check your ferritin, which is iron storage. We're seeing a lot of people that are cooking cast iron these days thinking it's a healthful way to cook and they're in fact they're stockpiling iron which can create a kind of anemia and fatigue so you have to take a, a blood test to know exactly what your target driver is and from there you consult a nutritionist like Anne louise gittleman or somebody like me who can actually walk your way through all this and tell you what to do healthfully and naturally
0: well you know what worries me is um you know i have a uh... You know, I had an issue. I had my thyroid taken out. So I go to an endocrinologist, you know, and the the clinic is also like a diabetes clinic. And I see like, you know, in the diabetes side, they have like all these, uh, you know, snack bars that they sell and artificial sweetener stuff and all that. So I personally don't have much hope that a lot of people, even if they go to a nutritionist, are getting the right counseling. They're probably just being given, I don't know, you know, artificial sweetener garbage, in my opinion. So, how do people find a nutritionist that knows what they're talking about?
1: So, you go to a functional medicine nutritionist or somebody that's schooled in an integrative and alternative methods of nutrition from the Nutritional Therapy Association, for example, or as a certified nutrition specialist from the certified nutrition specialty organizations. There are lots of ways to be able to analyze that, and anybody can drop me a note, and I can certainly help them find their way and navigate their way through this kind of maze that we have. There are many, many good nutritionists that are out there that are integrative, that are functional, that are alternative, and I think it's pretty easy if you just get out of mainstream medicine.
0: Okay, so people should look for a functional medical...
1: Functional medicine doctors. Yeah, that, that's able to look for root causes. So we want functional medicine. I mean, the operative word there is functional, that can read a blood test, teach you what to look for, and teach you what the normal, optimal, healthy levels are, not just the lab levels, which show you the range of all the sick people that are out there, but you want to know it's optimally healthy. I mean, so it's a mind field, but if you've been in the field as long as I have, you know that there's certain guideposts and there's certain real standby nutrients and glandulars and lifestyle habits that will really see us through. These are very toxic times, so you have to become very strong strong in body, mind, and spirit, Rich.
0: So if I get a complete blood panel and I get my results back and it says everything is quote unquote normal, that doesn't necessarily, you know, i Like, for instance, you know, my wife has done this, and she's gotten stuff back, and everything looks, quote, unquote, normal, but she still feels the way she feels, for instance. So uh, I guess that's probably a common occurrence, right, even if people do get a blood test. It's all too common, so that's,
1: that's all too common, because normal is not normal. It's just the average of what the lab finds from the healthiest to the sickest. So that doesn't mean it's completely normal. You want somebody that can evaluate something which is optimally healthy. I've seen this time and time again where I have clients that send me blood work, and I find something that, that sticks out like a sore thumb, whether it's a cholesterol level which is overrated or too high, simply because they're, they're on thyroid medication or they're not functioning up balancing their thyroid properly, or triglycerides that are over the edge. And the the doctors say nothing about that when, in fact, I know that they're eating too much fruit or they're taking too much wine or too much liquor or something of that nature. And so just simple tweaks are necessary. This isn't rocket chemistry. They're just simple, basic tweaks that I think we need Hmm. to employ for somebody that knows what the heck they're looking at. The majority do not.
0: Okay, Right. And I guess the the people that uh get their blood worked out and everything looks normal, they probably feel like they're crazy because the doctors the normal doctors say, Hey, you're fine but they say, No, I'm not fine.
1: Well, they're not crazy. They have to be they have to be looking in the right place is just what the issue is. So they've gotta find the right practitioner to kind of guide them. That's what the whole that's what the whole challenges, I'd say, in this day and age. It's finding the right person that has the right background that's able to guide you and then employ the right diet, the supplements, the food changes, the exercise changes, the meditation, stress relief. I mean, it's all part of the package right now. Hmm.
0: You mentioned uh, thyroid a whole bunch of times. What are you seeing nowadays? Um, Do you deal with a lot of people that have had their thyroids taken out and what kind of considerations should they have? Do you deal with people with hypo or hyperthyroid? You mentioned it a lot, so that's why I asked.
1: Well, because it's part of my book, because radical metabolism really focuses on notice slow Losers that have problems with thyroid metabolism. I see hyper, I see hypo, I see autoimmune issues and what I tell people is here's what the norms are. Here's what's optionally normal for your T4, your T3, your reverse T3, your TSH. This is what we know from a functional medicine perspective. If it's above or below, we have to supplement with this nutrient or that nutrient or make a change here or there. So my people are very, you know, geared to doing the right thing. And then when they start to lose weight, they start to get more energy. They start to regain their hair, start to lose their constipation. Then they know they're on the right track.
0: Yeah. What about people? So there's the hypers and the hypos and the autoimmune problems. What about people, again, that have had like their fibroid taken out and they take, you know, the thyroid hormone, do they have different challenges? What happens with them? before are they find No,
1: they have the same challenges. There are certain things that are optionally normal, and most likely those are the individuals that we feel need a little bit of the T4 and the T3. You need something like arm or thyroid. You need the whole glandular, not just a T4 or just a T3. And that has to be monitored because as you get older, things shift and change.
0: Mm, okay, gotcha.
1: And it's it's not black and white. It's very, very individual. Do you have a problem with overweight, Rich?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I, you know, personally for, yeah, quite a long time. And, uh, I actually had uh thyroid cancer last year and I had my thyroid taken out. So I take, you know, Synthroid and stuff like that, but, um, so far I feel okay on it, but, uh, I guess, you know, things can happen and change. So we'll see.
1: Well, I wish you, I wish you luck.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I'm going to, I'm going to pick up a copy of your book and check it out and stuff like that. And maybe we'll, uh, you know, we'll talk more offline, but, um.
1: I hope yeah, so. You're yeah, invited yeah. to certainly be in touch. I'd love to be able to help you. And remember that you go to RadicalMetabolism.com to get all the free downloads.
0: Okay. All right. So um, again, for listeners, if they just don't feel well for various reasons, it uh, sounds like first thing they should do is get you know, a full blood work done. And I guess uh, then consult a functional medical doctor and uh, pick up your book. And that would be a great start to getting them on the road to uh, making them feel better, right?
1: They can, or they can contact me at anlouise at anlouise dot com, and I can kind of guide them if I know where they live. I know quite a few good people in the area. Being around as long as I've been, I have a repertoire of people that I can refer to.
0: Okay, well that's excellent. Um, so yeah, let's give that URL. We know, we're at the end of the call, so let's give the URL and the name of the book again. So it's what Radicalmetabolism.com? dot com.
1: You got it. It's Radicalmetabolism.com dot com for three free downloads and a thirty percent off. Co- coffee coupon to the best coffee in the country that will actually help you lose weight, not make you feel jittery. And then they're free to contact me if they would like. Okay, that's great.
0: Well, then I appreciate you coming on the podcast.
1: My pleasure, Rich. I wish you all the the luck and health in the world as well as to your wife.
0: Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast both to review